All right. Kids' time's back. All the parents can now go. <gasps> All right. We're going to look at a section of 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning in verse 17. Let's be standing, please, as we hear this good news that God gives us through his faithful servant, Peter. Since you call on a father who judges each man's work impartially, live your lives as strangers here in reverent fear. For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to to you from your forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. And And through him you believe in God, who raised him from the dead and glorified him, so that your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth, so that you have sincere love for your brothers, love one another deeply from the heart. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. For all men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers, and the flowers fall, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And this is the word that was preached to you, and this is the word of God. Good song. Yeah, that's become one of my favorites very quickly. Paul tells us in his second letter to Timothy that all scripture is inspired and is useful to us. He says that every scripture that God has given us serves us in some way. Sometimes the scriptures rebuke us, reprove us, convict us. Other times the scriptures lift us up and to help us to understand what it is that God thinks of us, what he wants us to do. Now, some scriptures, it's a little harder to find that message in. You know, if you turn back to Leviticus or maybe Second Chronicles and begin reading along, you may be thinking, now, what in the world am I going to do with this? What is this going to do for me? Well, it takes a lot more effort sometimes to dig into those scriptures and to find what it is that God can do through that word to bless your life. But then there's passages like this one, the one in 1 Peter chapter 1. We began in verse 17, and that is so crammed full of meaning. It is so many words and phrases in there that just kind of leap off the page that really, since I've got, ooh, 17 minutes left now, we're going to have to pick and choose. What are we going to look at here? What are we going to take away this time? Well, let me tell you the word that jumped out at me the most back in Monday when I first opened this up again and thought, okay, Sunday's coming. Here's the passage. What are we going to do? And as I read through it, there was one particular word that really leaped off the page and said, this is it. We got to talk about this. The word is this one. All right? 
This is Peter's word that he was so excited about. It's a hard word to say. Elutrothete. All right? Well, we don't need to do that. We translate it by three words. Peter used one. But when we read it, we read this. You were redeemed. Clint used that word a minute ago. I believe Jim used that word in his prayer as well. There is no other word that's any greater in communicating to us the Christian faith than the word and the concept of redeemed. You see... There is nothing that captures what our faith is more. There is nothing more that describes who we are than this concept, we have been redeemed. There are other faiths in this world. There are other systems that purport to take us to God There are other ways of explaining who we are and what we are. But the idea of redemption is uniquely and totally Christian. Because all the other systems provide ways that things we can do and what we have to think and what all the, you know, and it's it's all about us working our way and putting ourselves into the right form and then maybe, just maybe, we can discover who we are, and who God is. But the gospel is, we have been redeemed. In this one concept, we encountered the truth that we didn't have to be told. We already knew the truth that we need help. Now, all of us recognize in those moments in our life that we just can't put it together ourselves. That it is not within us to make everything work together, to make our lives work. We just can't do it. We need help. The scripture that is, it speaks truth to our heart that we didn't even have to have written down are scriptures like, for we all have sinned and we all fall short of the glory of God. Now, Paul says that. Quoting out of the Old Testament, I already knew that, didn't you? I already know that I can't do it. The word redeemed says that's right, you can't. But the word redeemed also says, but God did. It puts together both concepts. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. With, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. For in this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to die for us. All of those things hang upon this word, redeemed. And as Peter is writing his letter, he just shouts that word out, you were redeemed. I want to share a little story with you that I learned when I was probably seven or eight years old. I remember hearing it from a preacher, which gives me great hope. (laughs) 
that if I can remember something a preacher said from that age this long, and it's a simple little story, and in ways there's, there's, there's better stories, but this one stayed with me. And I like to share it on occasion because maybe it'll stay with someone else and mean something to someone else. After worship, after first service, Connie Rogers came up to me and said, I heard that story when I was young too and had a big smile on her face. It's the story of a little boy who made a boat. Got it? This little boy didn't have a lot of money, didn't have a lot of things, but he wanted to have a boat, couldn't afford to buy a boat, so he made a boat. He went around and collected the materials that he, he could find, and he worked over a long period of time, especially for a little boy, a long period of time, and crafted a boat. It wasn't a perfect boat, but it was his boat, the boat that he had made with his own hands. And once he finally finished it, he was so excited about it, went around showing it to everybody. Everyone said, that's a fine boat. That is a nice boat. But finally, it came the day that he had to do, let it do what a boat was supposed to do. And in the town that he lived in, there was a little stream nearby. So he went out and he put the boat in the stream. And what do you know? It floated. And he was so thrilled because he had made the boat, he had made it to float, and it floated and floated and floated. And before he realized it, it was in the middle of the stream and caught by the current, and he realized that the boat was floating away. So he began running along beside and trying to get into the stream in order to get the boat. But the current was too fast, and before he could capture the boat, it was long gone. He spent the rest of the day looking for the boat, couldn't find it, would go down on occasion when he had the time and walk along the shore trying to find the boat, but the boat was gone. Weeks later, he was walking down the main street in the little town, and he walked past a second-hand store, junk shop. And he looked in the window, and there amidst all the dusty, dirty items for sale, Y'all are way ahead of me, aren't you? Was his boat. He was so excited. He went running in the store and found the owner and said, That's my boat. The owner said, "Uh -uh. (laughs) Uh-uh. That's my boat. And the boy said, Well, I made that boat. And he says, But I own that boat. He said, It's cost $25. Might as well have said $1,000 to the little boy. But the little boy realized the only way he was going to get the boat back was to buy it. So he got busy, did his chores, did things for the neighbors, scraped together every penny he could, and over a long period of time, finally, every cent to his name, everything he had, $25, walked into the store And bought his boat. As he was leaving the store, beaming, carrying his boat, a man walked by. Said, son, that's a fine boat. Is that yours? And here's the line that has always stayed with me. The little boy said, yep, it's twice mine. I made it and I bought it. That's what redemption is all about. 
Understanding that God made us. We are the works of his hands. That he poured who he himself is into us. Gave us his very breath. Gave us the gift of life. And yet that very gift that he made us for. To enjoy and to live. We find ourselves floating away. And lost. But God cares enough that he brings everything he's got and buys us back. God loves us that much. And if all we take away from this passage in 1 Peter is that one word or three words, you were redeemed, then we've heard enough. But wait. I've got seven more minutes. And there's more. Not only does this passage tell us that we were redeemed, it tells us what we were redeemed from. From what we were redeemed. And if that's not enough, he tells us with what we are redeemed. And then finally, he tells us and for what we are redeemed. What is it that we were bought back from? The little boy bought his boat back from the store owner. Who owns us? Who do we need to be bought back from? Well, there are several answers to that question that we can find in Scripture. But here, Peter says, what we are bought back from is this. And it's interesting. From the empty way of life handed down to you. Now, that is a fascinating sentence, isn't it? Now, Peter was writing primarily to people that grew up as pagans. They grew up with all these funny gods that were represented in the statues and the, you know, they would go to the temples and they would bow down and offer sacrifices before these idols. And they grew up with the stories of mythology of, of the gods cavorting with one another and all these strange things. And there was really nothing to say, here is what life really is. Well, we may not can relate totally to their pagan background. But I think we would all agree that our society is quickly losing much meaning to life. That life, even in America, can become very empty. We can find that just getting things is not making us that happy. We can find that whatever it was that we set as a goal and we've tried to attain it is not that fulfilling. Every one of us here can experience at one time in our lives or has experienced the idea of, well, what's all this about? Where do I find true meaning and purpose for my life? Peter has an answer. You have been redeemed from living a drifting, floating purposeless life. Well, what is it that redeemed us? Well, he says it wasn't money or plastic. And he says silver or gold. We don't do much with that these days. Let's say money or plastic. Wasn't that that we were bought from that way of life, but rather with the precious blood of Christ. Now, I have a confession to make that I don't totally understand that. 
Uh, I, I've, people, some, I've had a couple of people chastise me for confessing that, but I still really don't get it. I don't know why. I cannot tell you why that the only thing that would buy us back from the one who had us captured was the blood of Jesus Christ. But I know if there had been any other way, just like Jesus pled in the Garden of Gethsemane, if there's any other way, let's do that, that there was no other way. That the only price that could be paid for us was the blood of Christ. And therefore, God took everything he had, the thing that was most dear to him. Now, that I can understand. I've got three sons. And I don't know of anything in my life more dear to me than their lives. God took that and was willing to pay that price in order to buy us back. Peter goes on to say it's like a lamb without defect or blemish. Totally unlike me. I have all kinds of defects. I have all kinds of blemishes. But Jesus took his perfect life and laid it on the line for me. Peter says this was planned from the foundation of the world, but it has been revealed to us now. And I am so grateful because I don't want to live one more day not knowing and embracing that I have been bought back by the God who loves me that much. Well, for what have we been redeemed? Three minutes if you're counting. I kind of fudge a little bit along the way. It's interesting that Peter kind of borrows from Paul here about, okay, what is it? If we've been bought back from a life of just kind of drifting along, what is it that we're supposed to be about? What is going to set the course of our lives? Let me read verses 21 and 22 again and see if you don't hear a familiar trio there. Through him you have come to trust in God, who raised him from the dead and gave him glory so that your faith... And hope are set on God. And now that you have purified your souls by the obedience to the truth so that you have genuine mutual love, love one another deeply from the heart. Ah, you heard it, didn't you? Faith and hope and love. This is the way of life that we have been redeemed to live. We have been redeemed to live lives of faith. Now, faith is not sight. You know, there are times when things kind of make sense. There are times when God feels so close to us. There are times when we actually, with our eyes and with our hearts, experience the touch of God, and we know there He is. But there are other times that we must simply, as Paul puts it, look at God as looking in a dark mirror and catching just simply glimpses. Of him. But I want to tell you what I have learned. Uh, well, let me back up. Verse 21 in my version says this wonderfully. It says, through Jesus, we have come to trust God. If one was willing to give everything that he had for us, that's someone you can trust. 
And in those times in our life when, when we realize that God has been with us and has walked with us, whenever I'm walking along and it's time to turn the corner and I don't know what's on the other side of that corner. I, don't, I can't see far enough to head. I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I don't know what next week is going to bring. I don't know what this is going to do when I change this or do that. But I can tell you one thing I do know. He will be there. The one that has walked with me through every step of my life will still be there with me. And whatever path I'm walking, I will find him there. Faith, hope. I wasn't supposed to do that. Let me back up. (laughs) They'll back up for me. Hope. Hope is a journey word. Hope is a traveling word. Hope is a word that lets us know that, that we got something there that's worth driving toward. You know... My kids live down in Austin. We spend a lot of time going that direction and then coming back home. And because of our work schedules, you know, Sunday's the only day I work. My wife works five days a week. So I only have Saturday to travel. So we drive down Saturday, turn around, and drive back Saturday evening. And we spend a lot of time coming through Eden. <laughs> you know, like, no, all roads go through Eden. No matter how you're going to go to Austin, you got to go to Eden. All right, so we're coming through Eden, and Eden is, is way up. Did y'all realize that? that? That Eden is up on a plateau. And just about when you're still 30 miles from San Angelo, guess what you can see? Any of you figure it? The lights of San Angelo, 30 miles away, and there it is. Now, San Angelo, I'm sorry, you native folks, it's not heaven, (laughs) but it's home, and it looks good. And after a weary day, to be able to look out there and see, I'm going somewhere, I'm getting somewhere, I can keep on going. And that kind of hope makes every stop along the way significant. Because wherever I am right now, all I'm called to be is God's person, God's child in this place at this time. And I'm going there. And finally, love. We're called to love. This is what we can lose ourselves in. Because that is simply what love is, is to take your eyes off yourself and to care about someone else. We as Christians are called most of all to love the people that live in the same house we live in. We are called to love the people who live next door to us. We are called to love the people we encounter on a daily basis. We are called to love the stranger that maybe we'll run into only once in our lives. But we're not simply drifting and not simply lost about who I am and what I want. But we're looking for those in whom we can invest ourselves and can give. I'm out of time, but I got one more thing to say to you. We were redeemed. Let's stand and sing.